everybody, welcome to episode number 42 of a Tactical Crouch or Competitive Overwatch podcast. I'm your host, Kick Tripod, and of course, with me are the two biggest brains in competitive Overwatch. Everybody's favorite German curmudgeon, Yiska. Hey, buddy. What's up? <laughs> How are you doing, man? It's It's been a morning pretty for good, you, hasn't it? Stressed. Yeah. If, I, if I'm going to have a heart attack on this podcast... <laughs> Maybe I should just have something like saying my address so I can, like, with my death rattle, just hold it up and someone can call an ambulance. <laughs> death rattle. <laughs> Fair enough. If we see you go down, we'll send help immediately. Also, of course, on the show, the Oracle of Overwatch himself, Volamel. Not, I mean, you say had that. Had an off week, man. You finally not, had to cash in all great. those all those crazy picks. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a flashy player, you know? I got I got that one good play and then, you know pretty middling past that point you know uh, here's the thing though is you're normally really flashy there were some yeah. close ones this week true, true. you might have gotten I mean, a little there, cocky yeah there might've, was there oracle was some might have gotten in, in in the head a little bit a little bit a little bit a little bit little little bold yeah so for those who are like what the heck are you guys talking about last week we made playoffs predictions and of the four in the uh quarterfinals, quarterfinals. four yeah. matches uh joe had picked uh, you did pick Shanghai to win. I got the upset, but so you got you got the big one, but then you chose Guangzhou over Valiant. Yep, you damned fool. Guangzhou, Guangzhou. Sorry, thank you. Um, yep. and then same thing, right? They're the same. Yep. Like who names two cities so similarly? Uh, second, <laughs> second. What was the other one? Um, uh, shock. It was, uh, you had Dynasty over Shock. Yes, yes. That was maybe a little, little advice. Yeah, that one that, was That one, that that one, one was bold. a little bit. Yeah, that was the bold one. Yep. So anyways, that's what we're talking about. Um, sorry about uh, your Oracle status. That is what it is. It's, still, it's still Oracle of Overwatch status. You've made enough of those insane calls that we can, we can let we Like can let Chengdu, this right? Got Chengdu? Lord, Lord, Lord. The pattern simply seems to be that you just say China every time someone asks you a question. <laughs> Who's the best team in all? China. <laughs> Shanghai. That's right. Yeah, you might have you might have something there. Maybe China is not bad. You that's know? true. You actually did even this week. You picked all yeah. Chinese teams. It's true. Wow. Surely, subconscious. Actually, hundred percent is. There's you, you, you're, you, you live in this, this noggin rent free because that was not what I was thinking. I was just like, "Hmm, yeah, we'll just go with these teams, and they just happen to be, you know, have some sort of Chinese ties. I mean, Hangzhou was close enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, thank you guys for being here. Thank you, chat, for being here. We do record live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific time at Twitch.tv/slash/kicktripod. We're going to jump into the news this week, brought to you by our patron. Producers, Battle Crab Made and Peter Y. Thank you so much for your support. And if you want to support the show, go to patreon.com slash tactical crouch, check out our perks, play some games with us, and support the show. Speaking of game night announcement, Saturday, 4 p.m. Pacific time, we're going to be doing uh, our first tactical crouch game night. If you're a patron, everybody's invited. Uh, we have an ex exclusive. Uh, uh, a tier of support that you can sign up for on the on the um, on the Patreon website that guarantees you some playtime in the game night. Otherwise, we're going to do our best to prioritize patrons 
Uh, but we don't know how many people show up. It might be a hundred people. I've done. I've it's done a ones, learning process. I've you done know? one. Done ones where fifty people showed up, and we're like, "Sorry, wow. if you're not a Patreon or if you're not a Patreon, we can't fit you in these games." We've got <laughs> other ones where it's like six, and be like, "You know what? Everybody plays." Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we're gonna probably play some. If you need to know what to install, install Overwatch, install Team Fight Tactics, and have a browser ready in case we do some Jackbox games. So. Um, yeah, that's and maybe, it. And maybe get some alcohol, you know? There mayhaps will be partaking in some adult beverages. Indeed. Maybe. I yeah. may have just purchased some strawberry vodka. Maybe. Mm, das nice. Some lemonade? Not bad. Not gonna lie. All right. Not terrible. <laughs> that's Pretty it. Pretty tasty. There we go. All right. Well, let's go into the news. Again, big thanks to our patron producers, Battlecrab Maiden, Peter Y. All right. Overwatch League 2020 season format has been this been announced just this morning the Overwatch League announced some of the plans for the third season of Overwatch League so here's what we know so far the league is going to be broken up into two conferences and two divisions in each conference the Atlantic Conference you've got the North and South divisions and in the Pacific Conference you have the East and West divisions similar to season 2 there'll be 28 matches over 52 home stands that makes sense. So 52 homestands every week. But there will no longer be stages. We'll come to that in a second. To accommodate traveling, there will be matches every re- week from when the season starts in February to when it goes to its conclusion in August. Every team will host a minimum of two homestand weekends with some teams hosting up to five. Right now we know that the Justice Guangzhou and uh, Dallas will be hosting five next season. We don't know who is going to be hosting five from the North Division or if we'll have some sort of uh, combo from there. Uh, we have three homestands that are unaccounted for right now. So before we get started, I did, I did, you know, just want to have a moment before we go too deep into this. Stage playoffs. <laughs> what an amazing concept. It was yeah. some of the most fun Overwatch we've ever seen. We saw the Houston Outlaws in stage one go to the stage playoffs in season one. And man, were people excited about that one. We saw NYXL lose multiple stage playoffs over and over again. And just this past weekend, we saw the 0-40 Shanghai Dragons turn their season around, go in to the stage playoffs. Not only did they qualify, they beat the three toughest teams in Overwatch that we've ever seen. It's going to be a tough one. Losing our stage playoffs here. Moment of silence. Moment of sadness. Bring back Nate Nanzer. Bring back stage playoffs. That's all I got. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> oh, that was good. You ended that on a high. I didn't. Rest I didn't, in peace. I should have wrote a script or something for that. Pour one out for your boy. Stage playoffs. We did. Uh, we did get some tears in the chat though, so that's all right. Stage Couple playoffs apps. no longer a thing. Uh, in order to com- accommodate in travel schedule. <laughs> um, but yeah. So. <laughs> <What was that? laughs> 
you know, some nerd in accounting is like, uh, we can't justify stage playoffs and get everybody on an airplane this weekend, Nate Nanther. Mr. Nanther, Mr. Nanther, Mr. Nanther, pulling on his shirt like this high. Mr. Nanther, please stop. We can't afford it. <laughs> Not enough teams paid 60 million. Most of them paid 35. Can't do it. Oh, these easies. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So <laughs> jokes aside. Let's get some overarching thoughts here. Uh, yes, guy, I know you've got some uh you've got some He's thoughts got some on this thoughts. one. Oh, as yes, he does. I need I like have, I need uh, like rage music. Do we just have I, like rage music? Is this something on Spotify? <laughs> that just like I have a rant ready. All typed out, hence why I, I look so atomic right now because uh you're just glowing. Yeah, you're you're just radiating yeah. anger. I don't, yeah, think I, yeah. I don't think I have any. Yeah, yeah we're not listening to that. It's you not going to Get your rocks off before I do. Um, Excuse me? <laughs> Sorry. I, maybe? I don't know I don't if know. I fully understood the context of your question. Can you ask again, please? <laughs> Thank you. I, I'll, I'll just say that I, uh, I'll have a little, little bit of a five-minute rant on this. Yeah, he, he has a rant. Wanna... Do we want to drop our thoughts before he uh, All right, let's go. Yeah, Joe and I, let's go first. Um, I, I've given my thoughts. Rip, rip stage playoffs. Sure, yeah. Uh, there's obviously a longer discussion to be had about uh, the overall just strength of schedule discrepancy, how teams can benefit or not benefit by having more or less homestands. Um, sure. I, I'm honestly on the side that I feel like it's going to be minimal on overall results, but just from a competitive integrity standpoint, it has to be noted. There's always going to be an asterisk there when you have a team like Dallas, who's going to play over one third of their games in Dallas. Mm. You, you've created mm, the, quite, right? uh, 28 games, five of those. Were, oh, they play double weeks. Yes. So 10, so 10 right. of 28. Yes. Uh -huh. You're completely right. Yeah. That doesn't happen very often, huh? So, <laughs> uh, yeah. So there's, with the opportunity for these teams who are hosting five to have a third of their games at home, there's a big potential for that to uh, have a a large. Uh, yeah, I, I put an asterisk next to um, a season in which you know Dallas does extremely well um, as something that we will continue to analyze as we go into yeah. the future and go into something that's a little bit more uh, stable long term. Uh, but besides that, though, love it. Uh, I, I love the fact that we are actually going. We're we're traveling even more than I thought we would. I guess. Yeah. Um, originally, I heard some rumors that there was like the opportunity for teams to like spend half stages at um at like different in different cities and stuff, and it kind of basically just made it like you're almost moving, you know, five little Burbanks around mm -hmm. twice a month. Or once a month, and that wasn't super exciting. So this is great, but besides that, um, I don't know. Overall, it's 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 very clear that we expected, or at least I expected, twenty twenty to finally be like this is the vision for Overwatch League, and it they basically just added on another transition year. I feel like I think it's I think it's smart to do that as well. I I, I wouldn't. Um, 
I think it was a little too far fetched to go out and talk about, you know, how everybody's going to be flying across, you know, the globe in 2020. Like it, that seemed incredibly optimistic. I think that, you know, it, it, it just playing it safe and allowing that transitionary period so that you can tell like where, where the markets are. And that's something that um, the new acting commissioner apparently is um, going to be there for the foreseeable future. Um, has has gone out and said publicly like they're trying to you know gauge exactly where things are happening how how uh, important this is to people in those markets but um yeah all in all i'm not too bothered by it myself um yes stage playoffs leaving is is a little bit disappointing it kind of uh dwindles down some some interesting and more competitive matches which is something that obviously i like quite a lot um, do I wish that they could maybe do something with all stars, make it more of like a mid seasonal tournament? Okay. Yeah, I think that'd be really cool. Be interesting. Can, but, I, uh, can yeah. I just jump in with uh, information that is yeah. not currently publicly available? They're looking to do that. It is. That there is a. They are strongly looking at um, making mid season more than an all stars event. That would be like fantastic. Gauntlet 2.0. I, I don't know. They didn't just like. Okay, in the aftermath of me getting upset today, some people came forward and said, calm down, it is pretty bad, but it's not as bad. Here, have this beta blocker if you want, and they dropped me that. Uh... Is that what you're calling it, a beta blocker? Okay. Yeah. That Fair piece enough. of knowledge that they are strongly considering. Um, Fantastic. If, if there's any, any uh, BlizzCops out there, go for it. I, I think that would be fantastic. I think so. Um, it would be good. So, from what I heard from you, Yiska, is that you, you like you want, or Joe, you want all stars to matter more. And Yiska, you're saying that they, there's something in the works to make all stars matter more, possibly. Just like possibly, yeah. So, for instance, um, in League of Legends, they have this mid-season invitational where they invite the best teams from all the regions, and then. It therefore matters later on um, to what's worlds, right? It, yes, isn't it I think it affects the seedings. It affects the slots. Yeah. Very similar to Gauntlet, like you mentioned. Um, it, they don't necessarily have to tie it into the seasonal finals. I think just having a break where we can kind of fully gauge some of the top teams and how they might compete against one another. Just having like a, another competition to, to really be able to, to rally around and celebrate would be cool. I don't even necessarily think it has to matter a whole hell of a lot, but just having something where everybody gets together and plays the best teams get to play each other, that would be what I'd be after. If you can make it matter more, I think that heavily affects the narratives and it makes people want to watch and it builds those storylines, which I think are super important. Um, so yeah, if they could do that, that'd be great. I think just bare bones, just having like a stage playoffs in in theory happen in the midseason would be would be great for me. But if you can make it matter more and add drama to it, by all means, definitely go for it. All right. We heard it here first. <sighs> all right. ready to yes, are you stretched out? Are you ready to go here, man? Um, I'm going. I'm going more relaxed than I was. Uh, no, you're you're gonna get fired up. We all know. Come Do on I now. need to play some like? Let's go, champ. Okay. So let me let me start off this rant by saying that it's ironic that I was like last year, but in the in the uh, off season, I forget if it was an overture or, or an oversight where I talked with Monty about the importance of making stage playoffs more important, not less. Right. Yeah. So. Um, 
now they're gotten rid of. And as such, it is a problem for narratives. I think the ratio of excitement in, in stage playoffs, what they bring to the league, it's, it's incredible how much more exciting the average play, uh, stage playoff game is than the regular season game. And to not have these high points across the calendar year is a problem for Overwatch because we are threatening to drop into that territory of being a TI-like um, scene, even though even Dota has the majors, right? They still set high points in this year. It is a problem when everything only counts towards the playoffs. It might work in traditional sports. I'm not convinced that is... Uh, that millennial and our esports audience is made for this. I think they will just move on to another game if we don't have these side points. Of course, now less of a problem, or still a problem, much less of a problem with if there was a midseason event, right? Which I'm actively also going to advocate. For. I will say, just think of the narratives that we would have lost this season. There is literally no rivalry between Shock and Valiant. Yeah. It wouldn't happen. We haven't seen them play each other in, in meaningful situations yet. We're going to see them at the end of uh, the season in terms of regular season play. We don't know if that will even be representative of the actual power levels with a 2-2-2 lock coming in. So, no, we wouldn't have had Shock versus Titans as one of the guiding uh, narratives this season. We would have probably thought of NYXL. We, we are under the problematic uh, power level mumbo limbo situations of the uh, divisions now conferences. This will be just as bad as it is this season. Shanghai wouldn't have had this outbreak. There's no possibility for them. We would think of them as a just a mid-table above average main yeah. team. Yes. There's no way anyone mm. without stage playoffs calls them the best team in the world God. after what they did Atlanta homestand. I mean, they are literally playing Shock and, and, and uh, Titans next stage. Sure, but we'd have to. We, we no, wouldn't I don't have. Think that would be yes. Yeah. And then whatever stage four might bring. <clears throat> so, I mean, I, I somewhat agree and I somewhat disagree with that for a second. I, I want to branch off on that for a it second. Also, yeah, sorry. Is, it is just the, doesn't matter as much. In a regular season, so game. you are right, but there are definitely, you know, so I, th I think immediately people are going to draw the the comparisons to NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball, sixty plus, you know, uh, uh, sixty plus game mm -hmm. uh, sports, right? And they they find a way to fit in these narratives. And they find a way to say, you know what? Hey, out of you know, baseball has a last ten. It's a stat. It's a regular. It's a standardized stat now. The last ten. I think NHL does it as well. Their last ten kind of shows you, hey, this is how it's going. My where I agree with you is I don't think that they have the the media backup because you know when when you're a sports fan, what do you turn on in the morning, Joe? Yeah. ESPN. Oh, we don't have anything like that. Well, in sports, that, you turn on ESPN, right? Right for for yeah for traditional sports, sports we just don't have. You turn that on ESPN hardware. and they 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 feed you this stuff, right? Yes. They tell yeah. you what it is. Esports doesn't have that, no. so uh, yeah. the smartest people listen to podcasts like Tactical Crouch tell them that. Uh, the thing is, it it can't also can't happen that this will develop systems 
work wildly different differently at scale. There's nobody in the world. I don't care if you're from Bangladesh or whatever, where your cost of living is ridiculously low. You're not going to make a living only beat writing about the Florida mayhem. That is not how it works in esports teams. You cannot follow one narrative for a team. You don't have the audience. You need to cover everything, and the audience will not be interested in everything. They will be in interested in that one thing, and nobody will know anything because nobody will, other than maybe once again freelance or people that do it voluntarily, will fill people in. The quality will will be accordingly. It, it's simply like you got to design systems not around what works in other uh, in other regions or in other. I, I mean, I agree. Like this isn't me saying I disagree with you. Mm -hmm. I I think. You're blowing the doomsday horn a little hard overall. I don't think it's impossible for Overwatch League to be like, you know what? Let's create a system that really effectively communicates these narratives. Yeah. The, the, you know what the system is? Contenders. Contenders as an entertainment product. Okay. Step away from all knowing everything you need to know about the teams, even though there are better narratives in contenders for some of these teams like Runaway and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Think we put all the best players into contenders now. Overwatch mm -hmm. League doesn't exist. We have several playoffs across uh, um, different regions. regions we yeah. have, so, so these are high points, several high points across the year. We have Gauntlet and we have um, uh, the Showdowns. Uh, Atlantic Showdown, which is two tournaments that we, uh, we have, can care about, plus the season playoffs we have um more practice time for players because they, they don't need to travel it is also yes certainly the the product the entirety of the product does benefit from being in in bigger arenas right which by the way i don't think you can expect every homestand to be like dallas we oh, will absolutely yeah. have 300 man audiences in some of those yeah People 300 imagine this so to be like you're you're basically saying uh, Burbank size. I think I'm not sure how big it is. For, I mean, out of twenty teams, I've got to assume that like one of them is going to be a little. But that small. is at least a stadium, not a gaming bar. Yeah. So, um, sure, all of this contributes to the to the broadcast, but so does everything that impacts the quality of the games. And I think, yes, they are pleb fans, but there's also the the majority. I think recognize when an epic match is going down when there's a special quality mm -hmm. something about like the drama, feel of drama. the match that, like you know you see it in the players eyes that this there's this a lot of at stake you see it in um in like how the audience reacts you see it in the level of play what kind of decisions people take this doesn't happen during regular games it also didn't happen at the at any of the uh um I'm sorry, stands. the home stands to the degree that we've had in stage one, uh, mm. dude, stage one Overwatch League. When London won that, I was crying like a baby. None of these, these, uh, home I wish stands, I was there to hear that. That would be great. None I of these home stands move me for the, for, sure, yeah. for the, that's fair. And now to be fair, like there's, there's this, there's a level of like, that's a, that's a large magnitude event, right? like season one 
Stage playoffs, sorry. I mean, stage, season one stage season playoffs. One, um, even season one stage one playoffs is the same thing, right? We, as Overwatch content creators, had been grinding it out in these like little tournament things for however many years, in, in whatever capacity we were doing by then. It was a big deal. It was a realization that the game that we love is now creating a league that is creating these powerful narratives. I'm not saying that you're emotions weren't you know well placed because they totally were but i don't know if we'll ever get a stage season one stage one type feeling you know and i'm sure Again, a lot of yeah, people felt the same new. the same way when you know nyxl won their stage or boston had their perfect stage or whatever yeah. like there's going to be i think those moments i think that's kind of what you hope for in a league is that you can kind of manufacture these really powerful moments to hopefully bring passionate fans to tears. Like, I think, I think that's the goal, right? Is giving people an, an emotional, visceral reaction to, uh, whatever you're putting up on the screen. And when people it, cry about video games, money is made. That's what I, that's all I appreciate. My, my solution here is to just allow YouTubers initially to do reaction videos on them and then DMCA take down them so the Overwatch League can financially benefit from them. What are we talking about? Uh, the, the reaction of the fans, it always triggers me so much. When it's in the middle of a big play, like, for instance, a Widowmaker is grappling up and Carpe is setting up for like a double ding headshot or something. And I, I look how someone perceives it in, in the audience because the director cuts to that. You don't understand sports, mate. You, you completely missed the point. Um, hmm. I disagree. Um, I think I might disagree too. I don't. I, normally, mm -hmm. I disagree with with Joe and choose. And usually, I'm the punching bag. Um, let's see. You. To a degree, I understand what you're saying. That you place a lot of the value on the competition and how much that means to you. I think you're in the vast minority. I don't think people generally think like that. I think a lot of people do tend to gravitate towards and are more so what's why the word they can stage playoffs still have vastly bigger viewership than the homestands i need to I go mean, back and look but i didn't see stage championships crack 105 i mean it depends on where in the season they are certainly right like the dallas homestand is probably a bet comparison sure. because they were early in the season the average viewership because yeah we see but we see viewership definitely better for far worse for atlanta than it was for stage play i mean again i think those are two like i i think we're, we're we're going in a lot of different directions what i'm talking about is the that the fan reactions and and that is a successful model a lot of people do want to see very relatable you know they, they see themselves and the fans almost and and that you know trigger some emotion that, that helps to see you know um the you know the players parents in the crowd and all oh, what that might mean to them that 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 pulls at your heartstrings as as, sure. as you know silly as that might be to a ger germanic robot but it's important for people um as as dumb and kind of unintuitive as that might be it's successful and you you mentioned reaction channels on youtube as silly and as dumb as that might sound there's something there and we can't ignore it. A lot of and people that's why love people reaction it. videos. You couldn't monetize reaction videos. 
then people wouldn't post reaction videos. Yeah, exactly. And, and don't like, get me wrong, there's a lot of smut that I can monetize. Sure, yeah. There's a lot of stuff we can do with this show. Speaking of, download Audible today, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, there's a lot of things that you could we could do to this show to, to make more money, and we choose not to because we have consciences and souls. Uh, there's uh, these... I, I agree with you there, See, but... In my morality, that, that is the same thing. Betraying a player's play, like, it takes a fan absolutely nothing to show up at the arena other than his entry fee. It takes a player everything to make that play. I don't care about, about what, uh, what the... Like, they're literally giving us their youth. It should be taken sure, sure. In, uh, w with higher regard. You're going to make me cry. And, and I get that. I, I, and I think that there is uh, proper channels that that should be, you know, issued on, whether it be, you know, a, a written narrative or, or a video, a piece of video content. You know, we talked earlier about like this decentralized hub for everything esports, whether it be the Overwatch section, like they, we need an ESPN, that centralized hub, so that we can celebrate these players. Because again, I completely agree. They are giving you a number of their you know uh, formative years that are super important to i think just social development um and that you know their stories need to be told and their trials and tribulations like that's super important should that be the main kind of thesis of the product i don't know i don't think that um i don't think we're there just yet to be able to do that as I much think as the problem is that it never to. was like we're not good at selling these stories at all like when we know that I yeah. wholeheartedly, I mean, you know me, I talk, I harp on that all the time, but like in, in other sports, right? Yes. Sure. It is, has something to do with like the length of the, uh, the, how long it's running. Right. Yeah. So we can't have these super little brawn type superstars, but you definitely have people that we're frequently talking about based on the skill they have in the game. How many people do you see talking about twilight? M my play of the year. Many. Nobody is that we're not championing these values. We're championing if someone that is below average calls other people trash. Yes, yeah, it's, 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 we're it's completely championing the wrong values. I think, but that, that comes I, back I, I to won't... my initial thing, right? Is that mm -hmm. if you support a media presence that allows people to share these stories and again right so sports has espn what does esports have some people listen to tactical crouch some people listen to oversight or plat chat some people just listen to what's on the overwatch league broadcast right so you've got narratives coming from different places and obviously uh there's going to be different resources for each of those different types of uh media and then of course you have the 1 million 537 1,266 different written publications that you have for esports that all have kind of inconsistent and varying levels of quality, I would say, among most of them. There are definitely like a top three or four. We're like, yeah, it's from there. I, I definitely know it's going to be. And then you're like, ooh, that website is about 3070 being, being good. There's, there's a lack of an ability to share a narrative. And it's not enough to share a narrative between when a match starts and when a match ends. 
That's why sports don't do that. Like there is there, they share their part of it, but then you've got all the other outlets talking about it. And that's going to be the biggest uh, obstacle that uh, season three is going to have to overcome is how do we now go 28 games straight in two different cities simultaneously at any given time? How do we do that and still manufacture these meaning? Well, how do we, how do we get buy-in from, from viewers? And stage playoffs were a huge part of doing that, right? Because who who was it? I mean, look at who was in stage playoffs this uh, this stage. Shanghai Dragons. That's a draw. L.A. Valley. As silly as it is. L.A. Valley. Houston Outlaws. Yep. Three of those teams have all been in the conversation in this season or last as being the worst team in Overwatch League and a disgrace to franchise viewership, like franchise ownership. And they're in stage playoffs. That's a big thing. You don't get those power checks with stages. Now, Yiska has previously, someone had asked in chat, and I just want to kind of recap for a second. Yiska had previously mad leaked that there might be something that gives us some sort of maybe a little bit more of a power check than a traditional all-star little thing going on. No, no, no further info than that. But enough to say, hey, Overwatch League isn't blind to it. But the question mm. is then who picks up the mantle of driving a narrative when you have so many people in so many different spaces trying to like create one unified storyline? How do you find a way? And you know, again, when does how do you know if Shanghai is stronger than Vancouver if they yeah. don't play Vancouver for another 9 weeks? Yeah. I mean, that is that is also going away. We're not going yep. to have one overarching uh, narrative anymore, simply because, as I understand it, we are going to broadcast in the relative time, f- yes. in the relevant time frames, in the respective regions at the respective homestands. We're we're going to have, or I I assume maybe not, simultaneous matches. We're going to have matches that nobody that doesn't do this full time will be able to watch. Uh, yeah. in its entirety. It's, that's just right. called living in Europe, though, isn't it? Pretty well, much, yeah. yeah they, the they, they've already gotten used to that. There's that aspect <laughs> of it. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's time yeah. that us in the U.S. get get a piece of that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the, but but, but I is, do agree with you, right? But yes. And then it comes to, down to okay, I didn't get to watch the matches live. Where do I go? How do I understand the stakes? How do I understand what happened? I personally, if I'm not available for the live matches, it's very difficult for me to go watch. Uh, Toronto Defiant versus Paris Eternal match. I've never been a big fan of highlights, but I'm not going to lie. It's been hard to keep up with everything and and keep my attention when I have to watch Washington Justice play the Florida Mayhem. I'm not really interested in the game, so you know what? I'm going to go watch a highlight and get most of what I need to know. Yeah. Yep. You know, so like... Because if you want to watch the best... We don't call those highlight reels, though. We call those blooper reels. (laughs) Well, you're not wrong. Yeah, if you want to watch the best Overwatch, you you watch a lot of contenders teams, t- uh, games before you start watching. About a third of Overwatch League games are definitely worse than the best in contenders. Hundred percent, no doubt. And it's going to get worse. In the reality of things, I would agree. But I think if you were if if you're posing this to a new fan, um, it would be very difficult for you to sell that kind of idea to a fan. This is supposed to be the best league with the best players. Why that's, shouldn't I just be watching this? You know what I mean? 
I mean, like, in reality, I agree with you, but I've got a I've got a controversial opinion on this. This is this is the movie reboot 2.0 conundrum. There's a reason why people like prequels over sequels for Star Wars, or in other words, one, two, three versus four, five, six. And it wasn't the story; uh-huh. it's because it's easier to watch when the you know the graphics are up to date and everything's all polished and shiny, looks more realistic. Yeah. And I, to me, to, to a point, like I struggle. I don't like watching '80s movies. Why? Not because they're not better; but they're just harder to watch because cinematography is worse and sure. CGI, if at all existing, is worse. Sure. And it's just blah blah blah. And the same thing for Overwatch League. It's it's you know there there isn't a direct sports equivalent, and then of course we can go down that whole rabbit hole about sports equivalents. But there is this idea that the best produced content is the one that ultimately ends up being watched, even if it's not critically the best. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Oh yeah, definitely. Sure. And the problem is, you know, we we are we artificially put contenders into the eighties. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Like they are not. It's not a time gated thing. We are deliberately giving these regions because you kind of like, have to. Let's face it. You kind of have to. If if contenders was marketed equi- equal, if not more so than the Overwatch League. Why are people spending twenty to thirty million dollars on contender slots? You know what I'm saying? Like, there, it was it was propped up to begin with, so you can't have something that isn't just like supersede it because your ownership groups can be like, well, what the heck? Why don't I just do that? I agree with you, and I think you're spot on. Like, we're we have to artificially hold contenders back. Could it be improved on? Hundred percent. I don't know why it isn't. If I had to guess, that's probably a good portion of why. Maybe it's a resources question. I don't know, but yeah, I I, I think you're you're spot on there. I think we have to hold it back. My my fear is that they are trying with this structure, and it looks to me, of course. Okay, let's acknowledge first. Yes, it's all a cost thing, like having stage play at the end of stages, the day, yeah. like sending. Whatever team, because you can't play who, like, sometimes you have a team qualify five days before the play stage playoffs. You would have to drag it out and allow for travel. This all costs money. Of course, you have to acknowledge that, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the way this system is currently set up is as such that it both allows trash tier teams or fans of trash tier teams to believe they are average. But at the same time, it also allows God tier teams to appear closer to the average. Mm-hmm. And as such, dude, peak experience, like, it doesn't work. Mellowing experiences are, are basically like second screen entertainment. Nobody pays full attention to that. You need peaks and valleys in order to make it an entertaining product. You need the gods and you need the shitters at the same time. And we're not producing something that, uh, that has these filters or we should produce something that shows us these filters more because everything that is true about this season, scheduling issues, asymmetric schedule, being imagine how hard it is currently to uh, produce a power ranking. Now take away the stage playoffs and tell me who the best teams are. You would have to say at this point, without stage playoffs, that NYXL is the second best team in the world. 
I don't, they I don't not, agree. They're not top agree. five. I do not agree with that at all. And in fact, I have found that stage playoffs have been a hindrance to creating powerful power rankings because they are only power rankings relative to the metas that we got for that stage. They drastically shifted. Sure. It did. Yeah, and whether Shanghai, point, whether Shanghai wins this or not, in fact, you can make the argument that could Shanghai's winning of the playoffs overvalue them from an over, overall, a, a relatively just a overall strong stage. You're right. If you take, let's say that this was stage one, hmm. where do you put Shanghai now? I still put them above NYXL because yeah. they had they had a walkthrough stage and their performance in playoffs doesn't really change that. They had an easy stage. So, wait. Do you would put NYXL that got went 7-0 uh, 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 below Shanghai? I think so. Yeah, I do. Why? For the, same reason, for the same reason Joe picked them in the playoffs. NYXL had a weak stage against weak teams. You wouldn't know who weak is. You still, no, you, you, you still know still weak ass. It's not all would. of a sudden I don't know yeah. who's a good team and a bad no, team, especially if I watch you the wouldn't matches. Know it as, you wouldn't know it as definitely as you do, do with uh, six And I we can also open up the whole can of worms about our NYXL just underperforming, underperforming consistently in playoffs when they have one less playoff loss than they do overall franchise loss. Sure. Or is still, San Francisco Shock would have been an average team this stage without stage playoffs. Yes, sure. no. Below sure, average. Yeah. And again, uh, th below, th these checks are fun, For but does that mean overall that they're a worse team? If you take take stage playoffs out of the whole thing, but keep the meta changes in, which I think is a whole other conversation mm -hmm. to be had. Uh, you, you take that out and you look at San Francisco overall and you look at a team and you saw a team that honestly, yes, San Francisco is a better team than Shanghai. I would even say it yeah, now. I at, at no point would we have thought, without stage playoffs, at no point would we have thought uh, San Francisco to be the best team other than the one stage where they had the perfect stage. No, at no other I don't, point. I don't agree we with don't that at all. I would definitely put them, I mean, probably Vancouver, I think. And again, it depends they on how often. three in the first stage, dude. How often, you, how often does Shanghai play Vancouver, right? Cause, because they, they only played them, or they, they played them twice. Exactly. I think. They lost both times, so you have to put San Francisco below Vancouver. But you put them second. No, because they went four and three in the first stage, and they—I—I I forgot who they lost. They against. went four and three in the first stage. And then you look at the last ten, and they're whatever nine and one or whatever it ends up being. And you go, wow, this yeah. is a team that's really good now. Yeah, they struggled at the beginning of the season. They, this isn't this, this isn't a complicated idea that you can take. 10 of the most recent matches and see a pattern different than their first seven. No, no, it isn't. But the, the thing is, you don't have that pattern without considering stage playoffs. Yes, you do. It is not yes, the same story. No, it is not. I, I, I agree. It's not the same story, but it isn't the wrong story if you take stage play, playoffs out of it. Yes, it is, because regular season matches don't have the same way to play it as a, a playoff tournament. Not nearly the same. You could actually make the argument that stage playoffs change the formula because now you have these sure. stakes assigned to them. Yeah. Yeah, sure. As, as they should, because a regular season match doesn't matter whatsoever. 
in comparison to tr- uh, one. I mean, it does. I mean, what three million dollars does versus whatever one million for winning stage? And blast? I get, I can still get twelve and still get in. It's as meaningless as it is in contenders because the top, uh, top six get in. I think sure, I think calling it meaningless call. is offensive to both the players and the coaches who spend a ton it of time trying to win those as games. Boring. It's just as boring. Boring as, it is as a spectator. Plus. Boring as a writer. Boring as a journalist. I totally get that, but as a player and as a coach, I don't agree at all. No, p- players themselves don't don't go all out in regular season matches. They troll all the time. They don't consider them as strongly. Of course, like how often does Vancouver go out with re- random strategy, or how often like do we see teams completely? Does Vancouver it lose with thing? said random strategy? They come pretty close. I have to have Sometimes to. Now, when I asked you, does Vancouver Vancouver lose with said strategy? Fifty fifty, I would say. If if I bring in a shitty right fielder because we're playing a team that you know has 20 wins on the season if so i can no give my season. right fielder a rest or i could try out some new strategies or build long-term uh competitive <sighs> and strategic value for my for my team am i really concerned about that dude if if there's no stage playoffs why would vancouver care about the rest of the season now they cannot pro wait, let me let me see if they can even feasibly well, get second at this point. Outside of the fact that I have never oh, known could, yeah. a professional athlete to not care about winning. In any scenario. Uh, happens all the time. Again, I don't know how many professional athletes you like know, <laughs> but No, I, I know it from from the from the Overwatch League players. Where they say, Okay, we didn't go all out in this. Like for instance, like we we had that same de- debate recently in league where they s- completely trolled in MSI events, uh, not MSI, sorry, Rift Rival events. It, it's dude, nobody has the hunger to take it completely seriously. We had that same discussion last year. Completely about seriously, NYSL. there's a difference between taking it completely seriously and going, you know what? I gave eighty five percent because I didn't want to roll an ankle against the Shanghai Dragons. In season one. Yeah, but that doesn't like that shouldn't theoretically happen in these playoff series. At least let's say in I the don't top know, dude. four. Every let's time, talk about profit, se- man. How's his wrist doing, bro? Well, it was burgering. 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 Sorry. Yeah, I mean, uh, such the, a different the, argument. Burgering. Yes, but burgering in itself, like that was one of the examples where it was like, yeah, okay, let's not let's not go uh, all in on it, right? Like. It's the thing is, there's no way for Vancouver to drop out of this uh, this playoffs. Yeah, I think they clinched at this point. Why can't there? There is a discussion. Yes, I I think I think you have. I think both sides here have have uh, an essence of truth. There is, you know, how how much do you really need to take it seriously? Do you want to? I, I know people in chat are talking about you know load management and you know not you know trying to to rest up. I think there is something there, but I think it's disingenuous to say that that's exactly what they're going to do, right? I think they're probably let's let's you know apply some some uh, you know consideration here. I think it's probably going to be a mixture of both. Like, do, do they take all the matches super seriously? Probably not. You know, if uh, let's let's take a look at their schedule. Let's see how many like just boring bye weeks they have against really bad teams. Are they gonna Are they gonna try their hardest against? 
Let's see. Who does Vancouver play? The Florida Mayhem, week one, last match. Are they going to try the hardest there? Probably not. Were they going to try their hardest before they were clinched? Probably not. So, like, I see both sides. I just don't think it's it's you should quickly write them off as, well, they don't have to try, so they won't. I don't think that's what they signed up for. I don't think that's anybody who is in any kind of competitive format um, wants to do. Um, I, I think they do try more than they just want to tank and troll and, and throw games. Um, but I but I see what you're saying for the most mm-hmm. part. And, and I'm not I'm not saying that teams don't bring their best games to to what matter or players don't bring their best games to games that matter or have uh, things on the line. I don't think that sure. players have the same sense. I mean, it's the same thing, right? Uh, Yiska, you're you're a journalist, right? This is the equivalent mm-hmm. of you've got to spit some news this week versus you just got some hot leaks, right? Like what <laughs> that is that is actually terrible because it's literally 10% to 150% for me. That I, I I don't mellow in the middle. Like I either go hard or I go home. Okay, but then but but athletes, professional athletes. I think do so. Do not. I, I I man, I just like I I find you know, so for me, I I'm I'm different when when stuff matters. I, I I'm I was the king in high school of like finding the minimum amount of like, what does it take to get a B? And mm-hmm. then I can do all my other stuff. But then the stuff that matters, SATs, whatever kind of stuff, I, I went all the way in on them. But everything else, you know, B, B plus. Easy. I can usually squeeze it into an A minus with minimal, you know, there's diminishing, diminishing return. There's right a diminishing how return much. effort, yeah. right? Of course. Yeah, yeah. So I don't, I don't want to go, and it's funny, I, I put out a straw poll with where people stand, and they're split 50-50 on where Yiska and I are right now. I personally believe that there is a world in which, yes, there, there's no, there's, stage playoffs are super valuable in taking a snapshot of power levels in a moment. Yep. And I agree that, but I don't agree that they stage playoff results actually mean anything else to additional strain straight stage playoffs or overall season playoffs. And I think that we have seen from stage three playoffs. Look, look at half of the teams. They weren't okay. in previous stage playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if I had to now ask you who's most likely to make uh, uh season playoffs is it I, i'll even give you an easy one let's say uh who was seoul or maybe shanghai L- london because well, well, give, london was stage one well because well, i, I okay. honestly I, yeah. I don't shanghai know shanghai or is london. a great example right we've got two 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 lock in right now shanghai mm-hmm. is obviously known for their triple dps with hammond and uh, they're not going to be able to run that anymore. How does that affect their power levels? And I would say it's probably worse overall, but probably just with the overall quality of this, and there's still a playoff team for stage four. Well, there's not stage four playoffs, I guess, but they would still be a play. If there was a stage four playoffs, Shanghai would still be a, a playoff team. Because you automatically need to account for those changes, right? And there's not this level of like, okay, but give me my my actual hard evidence of throwing Shanghai into the thing and then making them play against these other teams. That has a ton of value. I don't I don't disagree at all. But I think it undermines overall the 
the competitive integrity of the players and the teams. I think it doesn't totally account for the fact that, you know what? Uh, we're maybe not all as smart as Yiska, but we're not idiots. I don't know. <laughs> Some, you know, if somebody says, hey, over the past seven games, the Shanghai Dragons have beat the LA or not the LA Valiant, the Vancouver Titans and the New York Excelsior and the um, uh, San Francisco Shock. You don't just ignore that because, well, I haven't sure. seen them in a head to head playoff moment. That, that's the thing. We are going to have less of these marquee matchups. We, we are. Get to play and I, once, and I yeah. agree. I agree. Yeah. And, and it's not it's not just once, right? It's two in some some in of conference, one watched. out of conference, right? Yeah. So you play every Depends team twice good, in your but... conference and one every outside of your conference. I believe if yeah. I if I've done the math correctly. So from that perspective, sure. Uh mm -hmm. there are teams like NYXL who are in the Atlantic Conference who will never play Vancouver. Or they'll play Vancouver once, right? And how do you ever know that? And totally, I get it. And yeah. I, I like stage playoffs. I played the sounder and gave the monologue, man. Like, yeah. I, I'm all for it. But I don't think that doesn't mean that all of a sudden it's impossible to know who, which teams are good and which teams are bad. In fact, I think it makes for more inter interesting discussions of what makes teams good or bad in those mm -hmm. moments because you don't just get a five-week power check and be like, mm. oh, well, that settles that. San Francisco is worse than Shanghai. Done. Like, no. Overall, for the season, San Francisco is not worse than Shanghai. Right now, in this moment, San Francisco is worse than Shanghai. And you can make that argument because they just beat the three best teams yeah. historically in Overwatch League. But yeah. that all of a sudden doesn't go, okay, yeah. Shanghai won. SF2. Of course, Vancouver yeah. three NYXL four or whatever or NYXL five or six. I think it just makes a much more interesting and nuanced discussion, which hopefully keeps podcasts like ours listening <laughs> to. It, it definitely creates uh, a, a longer cliffhanger. Like you said, I think you, you're pretty, pretty on the head there with, you know, the five week power checks and, you know, there, there is going to be a little bit more, people are going to have more questions because they're not always just answered repeatedly um, with these stage playoffs. Um, overall, I do think that somehow Blizzard is going to have to figure out how to entice people, whether that be with revamping Watchpoint, um, increasing their, their content influx, you know, just building more of these, you know, side shoulder content, whatever you want to call them. Um, there's ways to uh, make up for that lost ground. They just have to actually do that. Um, we'll have to see what happens. Um, I'm sure from what you said, Yiska, you know, um, you know that they might be looking at something in the midseason and what's all stars to make it more impactful. Um, it sounds like they, they understand that this is a problem. Um, they've already identified it. And they're looking for ways to remedy it, to, uh, to try and create something that's, going to fill that void so again i think you know uh criticism is warranted but again it's not necessarily doom and gloom mm, yeah i mean that i think if they look at their stage playoffs and with the exception possibly of uh stage two with exceptional playoffs so far right yeah, 100%. even the titans uh um san fran uh cisco shock um, well, second yeah, stage yeah the repeat 
yes, it wasn't the closest final, but at the same time, it was, it was still a whole another storyline. Yeah, yeah, and Maybe. we we kind of crowned them on there. And dude, it, the problem I, I agree it's also exacerbated by this natural freak occurrence that the two divisions are so ridiculously differently strong. Right, like it's unreal. It's the worst state you could have possibly imagined at this time. The second best team in the Atlantic Division is it Atlantic or Pacific? Um, is Houston Outlaws? Yeah, Atlantic. Right. Is that true? Yeah. In the new system or this one? Or does it change? I don't know. I mean, in this stage, right? And this also, second best team in Atlantic. Yes, yeah, so Atlantic Ooh, were the best. Yeah, yeah, so six of the eight teams were Pacific Division teams. Yeah. It is the bottom possible. four teams in Overwatch League are um, Atlantic Division teams. Boston Uprising, Florida Mayhem, Toronto Defiant, and Washington Justice. And if, if there's a round robin, I'm not convinced NYXL is in the top five two, this year. Two and 26 in stage three. Overall, but if you take the bottom four Atlantic teams, I mean it's it's at the extreme. But if something like this happens next year, we're going to have completely warped ideas of how strong teams are. And we called this now, but this is the problem, yeah. right? So Overwatch League is predicated on a like a geographic based um, philosophy, right? Which means yeah. that, and and you get this to an extent in sports. Right in traditional sports, where you have, you know, I, I don't know what it's like now. I haven't watched baseball in a while, yeah, but it used I, to be for I, a while. Have to East, take your word for it. East Coast baseball teams were largely considered stronger than like Midwestern teams, and while the Minnesota Twins would defeat, you know, or or go to the the you know the playoffs or wild card spots or whatever that they could you know grab in that year. Once it came to playing against one of those East Coast teams, they generally just didn't quite cut it. You've mm. got that same concept here in, in the sense that you have some, because you have chosen to do these geographic based um, uh, divisions, right? divisions, divisions right? So you have conferences. Yeah, we, we know what you mean. We know what you mean. Because they changed it, right? Because they have, they have divisions now. And, and conferences, yeah. Conferences become divisions, and divisions become conferences. And it's, it's just weird. Anyways, um, I don't know. I appreciate your metal thorn. <laughs> For those that don't count the, or the viewers or listeners that can't look in chat, Metal Thorn just posted uh, a Wikipedia, Wikipedia article about the North Atlantic garbage patch. Oh, just... Apparently, something about that. yeah. It's it's actually crazy if you look up like actual images of it. It's insane. It's so dumb. Uh, oh, yeah. Man. Anyways, that so, needs so, to be an article at some point. By there's the way. clearly a power level difference, and honestly, there's. It's difficult to see a world in which you don't have, like, and, and that's on. So first of all, that's only. It doesn't really matter so much for playoffs, right? When only the top seeds in each yeah. division actually get yeah, yeah. direct these, these plays. Like, so they get seeded in, and then two through eight or three through eight are just you know straight up power rankings. Because you've got that, it's not that big of a deal. So I think that they anticipated this and they knew it. 
but it's not something that sports isn't foreign to. It isn't something that sports hasn't been able to apply an asterisk to. And it's not something that we can't apply an asterisk. Like we can't, you know, like I said, two big brains and smooth, small brain right here. Uh, we, if I can apply the asterisk to it, I'm sure our chat can, because they're, even they are smarter than I am. Uh, so I don't know, man. Like, I, I, yes, I would love to see the power levels, like get somewhat equal, but dude, in, in baseball, you have people still playing with a DH in one, in one conference or a division. And then you have people with pitchers hitting in another, like, I mean, there's a reason why nobody enjoys that game unless six beers in and hot dogs up the nose, noses and all your mouth right now. You, f <laughs> you just get out of here. Love baseball. What? What's a DH? How many uh, games a season do you catch? Baseball. Uh, when I lived in Minnesota, I had season tickets to 81 or 80 games of the Minnesota. Tennis. How many did you go to? Uh, 65 jesus is this a job dude that's a i live two, I, I live two blocks away yeah i live two blocks away the food was cheaper than door dashing in mm -hmm. <laughs> like once you're a and you've already ticket got holder, the tickets you might as well go you just yeah, get out. And the ones it's i fun. don't want to just go scalp and makes a little money off of them it's yeah, not that go. big of a deal i loved baseball when i was in minnesota but now i have to go the closest stadium to me is oakland which is like literally just like a giant took a big crap of concrete. It's no joke. Go watch Moneyball. It's the worst stadium, and I'm not going there. And Metrodome wasn't much better, but at least they had really good food prices and a team that would win. Anyways. Yeah, Oakland Stadium. Even chat knows. Even a bunch of these esports fans knows how bad Oakland Stadium is. We've all seen Moneyball. I'm just saying. Anyways, I but again, right? I'm I I'm a I'm a Minnesota super fan, Yiska. I'm Minnesota yeah. super fan. Yeah, he's probably the wrong person to 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 ask about you know sports questions because he's he'll just show up because he's you know he's 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 the I, he's part of the tribe. Do they have Minnesota in the name? I'm there. He's there exactly. There. Dude, I I I'm fine here. I have the best window in the the best seats in esports. All right, here, dude. This one, this where I'm sitting. How Nobody's, many? You, that's like, the thing. Like, it has its pros and cons, but it's different. And you know, it's different because you were just one, at the Atlantic show. Yeah. Yes, how but many I enjoyed tier that one esports uh, events have you been to in Overwatch? In Overwatch, well, in Overwatch yeah, that's that's a toughie. Uh, only it, the Gamescom one. And that's I mean, I, so I've Land been to every over. BlizzCon. Since Overwatch came out. Sure. And the... Yep, you're right. The games were very Not uninspiring. Great. But being there in that arena, in that bowl with whatever, 8,000 other people. Incredible. Yeah, I mean, I'm, it's, it's incredible. I it's incredible. I can't debate with you guys. I, I'm absolutely cognizant that I'm, a, I'm a, an anomaly. An anomaly. Yeah. I've never once in my life enjoyed a concert. Never once could. I'm always annoyed by the other people. I, would, I could have told you that. You yeah. could have asked me, John, so do I enjoy concert? I go, enjoy. no. Go, go back to Atlantic Showdown. Why did you enjoy that event so much? Because I got to interact with people 
that uh-huh. enjoyed my content. Yep. If I was a nobody, I wouldn't care. So oh, just purely narcissistic narcissist. reasons. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> people recognized me. No, I mean, it's, it's also interesting to see who does. Sure, that of course. Yeah, that's 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 always a, a better idea. Because one technique I use when I write or do content is just like, okay, I'm imagining uh, someone. Before Atlantic Showdown, it was my university professor. After that, it was a blue-colored gnome uh, with social anxiety. So my content changed uh, accordingly. I love you. You are I a love that you're interesting on show little man. Yiska, if you could take like a like a, a a pendulum of like two people, I'm on one side and you're on the other. <laughs> like, let's just and that's. That's why we get along. In the stampede. What's that? <laughs> and you're the guy that dies in a stampede so at some point. While I sit at home, dude, I am not Mufasa. You're Mufasa. <laughs> I am not Mufasa. I'm definitely Scar, dude. I'm definitely Scar. <laughs> okay. Wow. This took a dark turn. Anyways, that's what we know about uh, season three of Overwatch League. Normally, uh, I don't speak my opinion this much on the show, so don't worry. You'll be you'll be off the next couple weeks. Uh, you won't have to listen to me talk so much. All right, let's talk about. I mean, it was good. Oh, I good. Oh, that you was. Know. You stop it. You stop it. Let's talk about some changes happening in Overwatch League. Uh, Stellar. I think it's some roster moves. Some roster moves. Stellar joining Uprising, the first player to retire. And come back and play over in Overwatch League. Now we had a few like XQC was one, mistakes is another. Numlocked, I think, technically retired and, and now is back as well. I don't know. I'm not uh, sure. But I, I know for sure. So so teams, I guess did he retire or was he just like booted? I don't know. Anyways. Ching. Anyways, it's it's a pretty rare, and we definitely had haven't had a situation in which a player retired went, did their own thing, found themselves, went on a few cruises, came back and says, I'm ready for Overwatch League with the Boston Uprising, and that's going to be stellar. Uh, Joe, thoughts on this one? Okay. Um, uh, great. Uh, it's another one of those value pickups that Boston do oh so well. Um, it's interesting to see what these contracts might look like because um, from my understanding, there's usually non-competes in there. Um, so does this mean that Defiant waive that issue? Are they not going to pursue it? Do they just not care? What what is what's that about? Um, that's kind of interesting. Know if so, but uh, I I actually confirmed with sources that uh, Stella. For Stella, there had to be a buyout fee paid by. Mm, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because Did not so basically, what happens is these players have retirement clauses in their contracts because right. you don't want to slave like yeah, keep them there if they don't want to. So what happens is, if a player has a retirement clause, I haven't seen a contract without one. I assume it's Overwatch League standard. Mm-hmm. The player can say, "I don't want to play this season anymore." He retires. The contract is frozen, meaning uh, no no further payments or anything else, any monetary things like rent or whatever has to be paid by the team afterwards. 
but the contract is then frozen until the end of the contract length of the okay so if you're a one plus player uh then can they still pull I guess to to quickly ask, does that uh, are the teams still allowed to then trigger like a plus on the contract if they so chose to? Like if Stellar I mean, retired and signed a one plus two, and could no, define it just at okay. No, they couldn't have said okay, you're going to be retired for two more years. Yeah, exactly. It's my understanding. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't think that is how it works. Okay, but um, which is interesting. Yeah, leave some loopholes towards the end of the season. By the way. That is that's certainly interesting, um, but um, I, he pulled that retirement clause, came back, then the contract has to be paid out for the buyout fee that the team that got retired on wants to have, and then the contract is or a new contract is made. And theoretically, also Stella could have unretired with uh, the De uh, Toronto Defiant, yeah. wouldn't have had. Ha wouldn't have needed a, an additional new contract, in, in my understanding, and could have just continued just playing. Back in. Yeah, could have, could have happened. So then again, I mean, if you think about, happen? because Logic is so much better than him, <laughs> like infinity so you, better. So you think it was the team that was just like, um, we don't want you. I mean, the, couldn't the he have just decided like, I'm unretired, I'm back on the team. Sure, he could. I mean, he couldn't have uh, done that by himself, but Why not? Uh, because the organization can't just be taken hostage for the salary again. <laughs> so not like, oh, I'm, uh, I kind of want to do a mid-season Bahamas trip, so I'll just retire for three weeks, chill here, come back, please pay me the salary. So it has like, to be like a two two party agreement that, like, okay, we'll so, take yeah. you back. All right. So I mean, yeah. that's still interesting. Like, who, who out of those two parties decided not to unfreeze the contract? Was it seller? Was it defiant? Who knows? Find out next time. Yeah, I, I if I had to t uh, take a guess, it is probably that the defiant didn't want after signing. Um, uh, logic switching thing. to this two, you know, the, to the this mix. hybrid roster style. Yeah, mix not the right, not style. the right concoction. Yeah, and and also, but they still um, charge a buyout though, even though they don't want them. They just don't want to like give them away for free. Yeah, well, why would you? I mean, I've I've heard crazier stories in esports. You know, just letting players go. You know, we don't want to hold them. I mean, that is hold that on is contrast a, hostage. Yeah, that is it's business. I get it, but. It's a perennial China move where players like Uzi, uh, that it's just a thing that apparently with contract structure in China, you always get out. It doesn't work like that in, in Overwatch League. And I think also, if we look at the, the history of Toronto Defiance and how they moved in the market, it's fair to say that they probably just didn't have the budget to sign on another DPS uh, mm. tracer specialist on top of Logics, right? Sure. Like. Um, yeah, I think that roster overall, like they, with 10 players, yes, they haven't maxed out their slots. I, I honestly have no inside information, but it seems to me like it could be that they also maxed out their budget. Mm. Might make sense. Yeah, it's, so, uh, I don't know. That opens up a whole can of worms. So I, 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 had, yeah. to, I had to step away for a second. Yes, Gary, are you good. saying that um, there's no additional clauses based on the contract that Toronto had with Stellar and his ability to go to, to, to Boston? No, no. Like, basically what happened, to summarize for you, is just like, 
he retired, pulled his retirement clause, contract froze, do, do, doesn't have to pay or doesn't doesn't get a salary. As soon as Jan retires, because the retirement clause stands for the remainder of the contract, the contract is then as if active in, in trade. Got it. So, it. so Boston had to basically purchase the rest of the contract. Definitely and, and had to, yes. And all that, kind of stuff. that makes yes. perfect sense. Chat. Yeah. Okay, I thought I missed something because I see chat freaking out about like players should have to retire forever and all yeah no, i, I no, think no, no. they're no, no, no. they're mutually exclusive i no, think no, they're no. saying that the contract should be different and, and keep in mind retirement is a little bit different term than in sports than what your grandma did when she was 65 so yeah also imagine wanting players to never unretire after seeing what jordan did good point didn't uh i mean this could this could seriously harm some sort of sports ball credibility but didn't like paint manning retire like three or four times and just come back and just as a stud nope brett Favre did though ah that's the one dang it yeah <sighs> the meat meat best sex. Minnesota Vi- the, the best, yeah the best minnesota viking <laughs> troll ever plays for the packers comes leads us to a championship only to throw interceptions in the last minutes and okay <laughs> i don't want to talk about it anymore that's it that's the show's done well we got one more no we're done no, i can't talk about more. it anymore you brought up brett Favre. i did i'm sorry we've got a bunch more so justice had elevote and uh Walsh, which uh Yiska, Yiska has not even heard of these science. players, and uh, Joe is unenthused. Yeah. Excuse me. Okay. That that was a, that was right out of the Reddit comments on. You know that I don't know if you saw it on Twitter, but I wrote an article: seven players which could be picked up before the um, before the signing window closes. Mm. Now. I will say, in all honesty, there was one player in there where I knew he was going to get signed somewhere. I, I'm going to disclose that. I didn't know that for Elevote and uh, and um, so there's and another little little nugget for you, chat. And Go figure then, out who uh, who was signed. Yes, that is not revealed yet. Um, so there's definitely a leak in there. But uh, in the aftermath, after I I released the article someone came up to me and said like wait did you know this and i'm like no it just makes sense because it makes sense yeah, to put good players like those two i mean okay sansam gets a pretty bad rap i didn't think he was like absolute trash pile there's dude there's still the zephyr line come on i mean he's not too far off though mm, he's sometimes. pretty bad uh, I'm not sure. Like I, I'll have to pay. I'll pay more attention from that point. Yeah, 100% there. Yeah. So, but um, yeah, that tank line was definitely a problem, especially looking towards two to two. In my mind, Corey is nuts on Widow. Um, Ado, we know he's a DPS player that can play DPS. How well? I don't know. Probably slightly, but uh, slight. I, I would say average at this point in the Overwatch League. Ado. Oh yeah. Um, so, and then their backline was just revamped, so it didn't make sense to bring in more. So, logical consequence, the front line had to be it. Yeah. And who's the best front line that, now that they also, like, once again, stay with an interna- international roster mantra or uh, decision? Makes sense. Like, these mm-hmm. guys completely dominated contenders. That, like, even though Envy is nuts, like, 
they even with two stand-ins, they can't lead 20 and zero in containers in map score. It's pretty insane. Like, but uh, yeah, it doesn't sound Elevote like a very is, competitive league to me, Iska. Like the Overwatch League with San Francisco Shock. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> so um, fair. Uh, so I I do think um, the, those pickups are actually quite smart. Also, shout out to Reinforce. He called Lulzish being an up and comer two years yeah, ago in an interview with me. That was nuts, dude. Like he just went, uh, okay, is there a main tank player that we should look out for? Swedish Lulzish, and just like called it that uh, he was going to pop off. And then he was still in Vivi's Adventures, dude. How yeah. comical is that? <laughs> And then it's also kind of cool that the story of like, you know, Alvold and Lulzish played in Angry Titans for the longest time as a frontline duo. How valuable frontline duos are as, as such, we can talk about that another time. But and then they divided briefly, met at the Atlantic Showdown on opposing teams, reunited on Envy, and now together go to Overwatch League. Cool storyline, dude. Yeah. So I do have to ask you then. So the. Um... Washington stage four is interesting. Um, going through these right now, there's Paris, Houston, Boston, Mayhem, and Toronto. Is that the rest of their, their season schedule that you just read? Uh, I thought that, read that's their, five, the right? Boston. So they, there's seven. Yeah, that's, okay. that's five of their seven. That teams. Is... Uh, they play Vancouver, I believe, as well. That's kind of doable in a new, you know, reported landscape. So is Imagine... this is this a team where we see? Hey, do we see Justice going to? <sighs> that's playoffs. a team that would have made playoffs. No, that's a team like, that's four no... and three at least, right? Yeah, but there are no stage four playoffs. Oh, we had our last we... stage playoffs. True. In... Do we just everybody get a, just do we money. just get a drop? Uh oh. F five Twitter. Yeah. What? Well, I think we may have. Uh, Did we get we the two to two No. Okay. Somebody's saying something in chat, and I'm looking. I don't see it though. Uh, host, so we'll uh, post it, chat. Yeah, We're doing a show. It. We're entertaining right now. I can't be watching Twitter. I don't see anything. So maybe it was a debate. You got me, chat. Yeah. Great so job. justice are limited from the season playoffs already. We knew that, but wait. Oh, okay. Now I understand what you meant because he considered that from from my article. Okay. I got him, guys. I got him, guys. This week, I got him again. <laughs> I I sat like quietly resting on my laurels of last time, and then this week I got him again. Someone in my in in a thread of content I posted had a debated link. And it was something about Stellar, and it was actually contextually about Stellar unretiring. And I just linked it to him without comment. He clicked it, and the reaction was oh, so sweet. It was just like, why are you like this? <laughs> that's that's <laughs> my reaction every time. Yep. Oh, Pretty yes. much. Pretty much. All right. So, anyways, uh, Sage. Four playoffs aren't a thing, but this is this a stage that if there were stage four playoffs, we would see the justice there? It's a possibility. That's that's the well, what a hot take, Joe. I have to. I, it's hard for Coming, me. Is, I is, want is water to say wet? yes. 
I, I want to say yes, but the fact that they've, they've A, taken this long, and they still... I wouldn't be surprised if they still just play Giannis. They just don't want to stop playing with him. They've already sunk a ton of time into him, and the new players just don't play at all. Okay. How do I self-leak this? I can't. can't. <laughs> you can't do that! You uh, can't do that. Okay, as okay, the okay. host of this show, you cannot do I, that. I what think, I think he's not starting. I think I have a good reason to think that. Like another. Sign. So you have a, you have reason to believe that Jonas will not be starting for the Washington Justice. Yes. Because of this signing. Yeah, of course. I mean, they don't have another that tank. Probably. Even though yeah, it would help. We, Just saying if there wasn't like another tank on the road or something like that that you were trying to leak. No, no, no. No, no, no. It's, it's more like, uh, no, no, no. We're staying clear of it's this. It's more like what? <laughs> <laughs> it's more like what? I mean, why is Janus still playing? That's all I'm going to say. Because he speaks English. Yeah, it's possible, right? It's it's definitely possible that the Washington Justice may do well. And if chat, I'm trying so hard for you guys. By the way, if it's you got, true, go follow Kick Tripod sure and send me your thanks on Twitter because I'm trying so hard to get these for you guys. <laughs> I, I I will say I have no idea if that's actually happening, but I like if I had to guess, I think it's happening because the pressure is too high at this point. Like mm. he's just not performing. He's with Corey's uh, Zaria, he was the worst player on that team. I put I take Corey Zaria over Sansom though. Let's be honest. Chat thinks mm. it's because Wizard Young is Wizard Gun. Mm, uh, I'm not sure if that's like, possible, dude. I mean, maybe they robbed a bank together <laughs> and pull him out of his contract. <laughs> that's possible. <laughs> Maybe. All right. Maybe. Yeah. All right. After he already robbed the bank for his salary. We're not. Year. We're not getting any further in this conversation. Uh, but justice. Better late than never, I guess. Making some yeah. moves. Hey, more power to him. Let's talk what about, about the Florida Street? mayhem, though. You know, we don't talk what about, about the Florida mayhem on the show. About them? Okay. We have enough. Fair we enough have enough flaming trash piles to have to put out during this show. Just kidding, Florida man. Fans and coaches and whoever else listens to the show. It's just Somebody repost that North Atlantic garbage patch. It's just a joke. <laughs> it's just a joke. Uh, all right, let's talk about the uh, oh, the stage three playoffs. Uh, stage three playoffs have come to a close for the first time this season. We actually didn't get a shock versus Titan final. So that was exciting in itself. And for the first time as well, we saw an eighth seed team, Shanghai Dragons, not only defeat NYXL in Vancouver, but ultimately San Francisco shock in the grand finals to win the stage. Before we discuss, before we discuss this, can we just talk about this last year, almost to the day I was talking to Yiska about this in discord. It was almost exactly one year ago today. That the season one playoffs were happening in New York. The Shanghai dragons went 0 and 40 after only winning six maps, the entire season, six maps, the entire yeah season just one year Jesus. later they're defeating the three best teams in the league you could argue <sighs> and securing their second stage playoff 
appearance and first stage win. Can we just talk about that? Joe, legend, Joe, for you, you're, you're a you're uh, a China fan here. Any anything that has to do with the word China, you're like, yes, I want it. And uh, Shanghai Dragons have uh, definitely like definitely made the turn, right? They've definitely turned it around here. You definitely can't say um, I, I, there's not m- many bad things you can say. Shanghai sucked in season yeah. one. They don't suck in season two. Yes, I, thing, I go ahead. I think we're going to say the same thing. But go ahead. Yeah, the thing is, OK, are you f- familiar with the thought experiments of the ship of Theseus? Where, OK, you have a boat, right? Now you remove a nail, put a new nail in. Is it still the same boat, John? I don't want to play this game. <laughs> <laughs> because we come down that road. Now, imagine if the entire boat just crashed into a, like, into a rock and sank, like, over months, months, and everyone would die a terrible death, and only one or two survivors make it. Lost all their limbs, though, so they basically have to be carried around. And then you build a new like ship on this podcast, by the way. And then you put these two survivors on that ship. Is that still the same ship? I don't think it's still the same ship. I think it's a completely new ship. And the only really like recognizable similarities is the name and whoever paid the check checks at the top, who probably didn't make that many decisions. While it is a cool like storyline, probably for the fans, I think. Yeah, F you, man. I spent a lot of time writing that up, dude. F*** you. (laughs) I think here's the the cool storyline. In uh, Contender Season 1 of uh, South Korea 2018, was it Season 1 or Season 2? Nobody cares anymore. Doesn't matter that much. Continue the story. Nobody cares anymore. It's not a thing. KDP played in the finals against Runaway. Now, we know Runaway, as its entirety went to the Vancouver Titans. Also, Runaway won that final narrowly against KDP. Once again, KDP had been denied a uh, season's uh, championship, but almost the entire squad, five of the seven members, went five over to the Shanghai... Yep. Yes, theoretically, even though we're now... Yeah, okay. Did it, uh, sorry, Ding. Jesus Christ, why does my brain do that? Um, ding, probably. Yes. Not Call that them the Ding. Now. You're building your credibility here. Call them the Ding. I'm all about them double, double Ds. Um, but. <laughs> so. <laughs> I cannot believe I'm. I, I expected to be booed for this. <laughs> no, man, that was great. That's you, a baseball fan for the you. Comeback. <laughs> okay, but but five of the seven now got revenge on this runaway roster probably like a year later. And that is the cool storyline that really has like now these five players came back. Also, okay, DM came in, certainly a big factor in, in their in their comeback. But overall, that is I think the storyline that people should remember. It's a story I said on Twitter, it's a story not of redemption necessarily, but of revenge. Uh, I don't know. I like my story better. See, he doesn't like the story, this one, but he does like the profane stuff. I just, I don't know. I like the way he's a simple man. I like the way he spun it. (laughs) I I think they're both great, right? So yes, you had, but 
the reason why I found the the Shanghai Dragons long narrative is that we've had a few teams try to completely rebuild themselves. Mm-hmm. Florida Mayhem being one of them. And you see Shanghai Dragons succeeding where uh, other teams have not really found success. And up until stage three, you could say that that was be the same for the LA Valiant. There are teams who have not been able to reinvent themselves, whether they did poorly last season or did well last season, uh, who were who able to make drastic changes and turn them into tangible results. The Shanghai Dragons did that. That was the only reason. And also, again, you're the one who wants these league-wide narratives. And then you you go and draw some some contenders comparisons here. Here's the thing. I think you say not many teams have have, uh, managed to, you know, be bad in season one and then come back. I would argue only one team hasn't managed that. And that's the Florida Mayhem. Which team, the what, what do the other teams have? Dallas, right? Dallas, eh, decent, okay-ish. They've improved, sure. They've improved, uh, but that there's a there's a big difference between going to zero and forty and then winning a stage. Have yeah. Dallas won a stage yet? I thought you didn't like the stage win. <laughs> no, but um, I do. I love stage. That that was never the point. I, I and now I know what you listened to in my rant, which is why I'm, you disagree so hard. But yeah, I'm trolling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the San Francisco Shark definitely had a turnaround. They were the fourth worst team uh, last year. So Shanghai made a turn turnaround. Dallas, okay-ish. Shock uh, made their shock- turnaround though in stage four, didn't they? initialized it but then definitely brought on more high quality talent sure. um and then Seoul, i would argue Seoul also got better than they were last year uh comparatively the okay. only one that didn't sure. improve is mayhem dude like this improve mayhem. versus improve drastically i think are two different things when you have soul and improve by two or three spots like okay big deal right like and again, yeah. I, I'm I'm summarizing mm, yeah. of what I feel like, but like I feel like sure. Seoul, at least if we show it as a percentage, because we had 12 last season, now we have 20, so there's a difference there. If they improve mm. by you know 15 percent, sweet, that's great, and that's that's solid. But there's no franchise who is turned around Not like the Shanghai either. Dragon does, except for the LA Valiant before stage three. But they did the yes. exact opposite. <laughs> but they also didn't yeah, totally yeah. rebuild. Anyways, sorry guys for trying to tell you a story because Yiska is just going to shit all over it anyway. So never yeah, telling I'm... you all a story again. <laughs> this, You're never getting like... kick tripod story time ever again. <laughs> the guy that uh, paid all this money for the Shanghai Dragons, he really paid all this money to someone else and made a complete turnaround. Like this is what basically what it sounds. I, I think that that's what it takes. They're... That's what it takes. Yeah. You find there's a there's something when a franchise and I think we'll just use the mayhem for this one. Mayhem did the same thing. They pulled big money bringing bare hands in there from number one NYXL of season one. Even if they didn't win it, when people are going to ask who's the best team of season one, it's NYXL. What did they do? Justice poached. Uh, Mayhem poached bare hands. You you found these teams going, we want that talent. We want to bring it here. And now you have a justice team that is struggling. You have a mayhem team that continues to struggle. You 
you've, you've all of a sudden say, okay, maybe it does transcend a little bit, then, hey, we just totally recreated ourselves because NYXL made some changes. Mm-hmm. They did. They lost I, Ark. The f- they the lost Janice, I- the best tank in the league, of course. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, sorry. But... Like you understand where I'm going with this, right? Like yeah, yeah. I understand in the sense that yes, the the players make the teams, the teams don't make the teams, or whatever you want mm. you want to say it, and, and and I agree with that to an extent. Yeah, but I also it's think that also- there's something special when a franchise goes and says, you know what, we suck. Let's not suck anymore. Let's bring in the right people. I called Shanghai at the beginning of the season and saying that this is a team that's totally different and should be treated. I think I put Shanghai higher than all of you guys. I think so, yeah. You're idiots. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> just kidding. But there's there's something to be said about that. I for me I have nothing but respect and I think it's a great storyline. And these are <laughs> Yiska, you better get ready because these are the type of uh, storylines you're going to be relying on next let it, next season yeah. without stage playoffs. So you better get used to thinking in these terms because uh, Yeah, I'm I'm already getting my pay pick power rankings ready. <laughs> Who was the best pay pick? Paid the best dollars to the best coaches. Oh. Don't mind the players, but who had the prettiest dollars? Yeah. All right. Anyways, <laughs> sorry for telling you a story, chat. Yiska doesn't Comrades. like it. Okay. So Yiska apparently doesn't care. I think it's really sweet. Joe, do you have any thoughts on Shanghai Dragons? Massive turnaround, not just from season one, but just uh, from stage one, honestly, from just getting that first win to ultimately being a team to win a stage playoff. Yeah, winning a stage playoff. Um, I, I think the 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 immediate narrative that you think of is that Owen 42 record coming into, you know, changing the franchise's narrative to being just a, a bottom table trash team and season one to now, you know, being very competitive in stage three and possibly even for the season. Um, but what I think is a little bit more exciting is the fact that they've stamped their kind of mark on the meta. Even though it, it reportedly is going to shift, this is a, a a big statement for all the teams that said, well, GOATS was is the best way to play, and if you don't play GOATS, then you're you're not gonna win. When you have, you know, a team having one of the hardest strengths of schedules in the playoffs for the stage. I won't comment on their their regular season strength of schedule, but their their playoff schedule was ridiculous. You you topple the NYXL. That's not an, an easy feat to do. Then you walk over the the Titans. That's definitely not easy to do. Count on one hand how many teams have beat the Titans, and then you walk and you beat the Shock. You know, nearly getting reverse swept, doing your own thing. Yeah. That's 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 sweet. There that's some legendary stuff. You think about all the shows that we've seen. People come on and say, you know, no, it would take too much time. We can't, we can't afford to be able to do that. We don't have the the players. This, that, the other thing. And you see teams constantly showing that they're wrong, whether it be Chengdu, not as successful, still find some sort of success. They'd be shocked. That's not that's not easy. There's asterisks. There's there's question marks. You know, did they take them seriously? Were they prepared? Was it you know a double match? Of course, right? You look at Shanghai though. What what are Shanghai? What what's what do you have to prove here? What where where do you where can you poke holes with this with this record? It's hard. It's hard you not can't. to. You, it's, cannot. It, you can't. You cannot. To be fair though, to Yiska's point, and I hate giving Yiska's Yiska points. 
It's because their last three matches were against NYXL, Vancouver Titans, and San Francisco Shock. That's what solidified it. That's what removed the doubt. You can't be like, Mm -hmm. well, yeah, they had NYXL stage three uh, strength of schedule, right? But still, I think it's weak. Um, (laughs) So I think you you kind of bring us into a, a really... Uh, a good question, you know, beating these teams mm. decisively. And even then, like it, it, it's really easy to look and see uh, this four, four to three final score for um, Shanghai and be like, man, it was a nail biter. But man, if you watch the first three maps, it was not a nail biter. That was not. Yeah. We all checked out. We were playing other games. This became second monitor content. And then it was, Oh wow. Shock won a map. Very cool. Oh, shock. Want a second map? Is this really going to happen? Shocked with a third. We're going to game seven. Just okay, making tweets about historical reverse sweeps. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. all yeah. this stuff. This, this was, this was like it was close by final score alone. But the maps that Shanghai won were not close. No, and the maps and that would, Shanghai lost were, still, were were closer than the ones that they were won. Close, yes, I would say. Yeah. Kudos. I mean, to be fair, it, it, I, I agree, but you know, you got to give Shock some credit there. Being able to adapt on the fly like that, especially when you're down three games, that's that shows some resolve that I drew into question after they got blown out by Vancouver on Rialto. Like, I thought that was going to put them in like a silver medal mentality. Like, they've got some demons in the closet that they can't perform when it comes to that high pressure situation and you've got to rally back. They rallied back. They didn't. They didn't close out. But this this definitely answers that question for me. I think they have that that kind of championship mindset that according, they can they can kind of come back. According I, to Iska, out a three zero reverse sweep has never happened. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think it has. Um, I will rehash the fire line I had on Twitter about this. Great. <laughs> Only Daenerys. Uh, blows a three dragon sleet. That's basically that's actually my really, comment to That's this. actually really good. <laughs> yeah. No, that I, I think it takes a it takes a lot to then still have the mind in the game uh, when you're like imagine just imagine if Shock had had that against Vancouver, like. That, that Rialto first push attack, they pushed them in world record time. Imagine if uh, if San Francisco had the mental fortitude to push back just as severe. Yeah. Like, if we just, like, act, like shown in anime battling, like, power levels rising, Super Saiyan 4, 5, like, God, basically, it's... Uh, and, what, yeah. What's also amazing think, to me... Is that you also you also see this thing in which these underdog teams actually perform really well early mm. on, and and part of it has to do, I think, with just the overall format of having uh, uh, control on like map one, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know you you kind of got that, and there's I think a little less parity for teams on on there. There there's a little less you know. Uh, hey, Vancouver hasn't lost on this since 2017, kind of thing. Um, but the fact that I can't imagine what it would be like to be a Shanghai Dragon to come out, win map one, like okay, whew, 
We got it. Tensions are high. Wind map two. You're like, Whew, okay, yeah, we got this. Wind map three. You're like, holy sh we're one, we're one away from from winning the stage and sweeping uh, the San Francisco Shock. This is this has never been done at this level before. And you're you're, you're kind of in all of a sudden. Uh oh, three to one. Three to two, three to three, and you're sweating at this point. You got to losing be, your map picks. You gotta be in. Yeah, your map picks. You're like, how are we? How is this happening yeah. to me? Like we've all probably been there at one point or another. And you go into this map seven, reverse sweep on the line, and to be able to have the the mental fortitude, fortitude yeah. the the mechanical fortitude. Yes. This is a three. This is a three-hour set. It's like two hours and fifty-eight minutes. That's a lot of Overwatch. I took two naps during it, and still was like, "Oh, I caught everything." Uh, it it says a lot about the Shanghai Dragons as contenders. I think. Mm -hmm. Um, and I would agree. It's it, it's it's not easy. I would generally say when a reverse sweep is on the line. There's there's this inherent advantage, and I would have to go in and find all 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 the actual stuff to back this up. But there's this inherent advantage for teams that are that are riding that wave into that reverse sweep, right? You've got you've got the momentum, you've got the crowd behind you. The Burbank crowd isn't really partial um, to one or the other, especially when you're you're down in in Southern California. Mm -hmm. So. You're just kind of riding off the tones of the crowds. Just want to see great games at this point, and they're here to see playoffs. It's uh, it's just really, it's it's really, it's a great story. That's that's a fantastic a way story. to cap off what looks to be like the last stage playoff ever. Could you ask for anything more than that match? I don't think you could. So I do have a question. So what what makes what makes right now what makes Shanghai so difficult to deal with? Because the best teams in Overwatch League can't deal with Shanghai. I think part of it, uh, let me give my s smooth brain analysis for a second before I let okay. you guys give us the real answer. So you've got a few things. So one of my favorite things to watch is you've got, you know, the, you've got Ding on Farah, you've got um, DM on the Widowmaker, you run mm -hmm. Gamsu on Hammond. You create this chaos. Sometimes you see a doom fist in there. Sometimes you see the roadhog Arisa. Sometimes you see you create these compositions around chaos. There's, there's no like open, there's no place that your team can like be out of sight line out of a Farah or a Widowmaker Who's pretty good at clicking heads or you've got this Hammond coming in there and just doing this, just like annoying damage all the time. You've got this ability where it's like, you just aren't really sure where to look. And it kind of hinges off of uh, Ding's ability to kind of own the sky, right? We saw San Francisco Shock try to meet them mm -hmm. on their strategy mm -hmm. and their level in Oasis, and they couldn't do it. They couldn't beat Ding in the sky, and ultimately it led to their early first map victory. And right now there's not a team that is able to handle Ding while simultaneously handling 
four other threats. Like literally anyone except for uh, like Anna, I guess. Every every other person, there's 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 a threat. There's a sight line that if you leave exposed, you lose a person, you lose the fight. Mm-hmm. And I just I haven't seen the team answer that yet. And every time I, I keep taking notes on it, I'm like, okay, how do they do that? How do they beat that team? And every time it comes down to like, how do you turn around to shoot a Farah without getting shot in the back of the hand as uh, with a Widowmaker? Like, how do you sit in covered area without having a Hammond going in and just you know moving you out of way? And you've got so many different movement impairing effects on that composition that you're just like, well, I we're kind of fucked and I didn't bleep yeah. that out. So there goes the clean tag for the show this week. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's basically the thing that I saw over and over again. And yeah. there were teams that over and over that they weren't adapted. Vancouver couldn't adapt to it at all. They had no idea how to adapt to it. San Francisco got better at it over time. Yeah. And, and they really did. They answered with it. They, they, they adapted but it just wasn't enough one map away. It, it took him three maps to figure it out too. All right. There it is. Smooth brain. Goodbye. I, I think you, you hit a lot of the big points. Um, I, I would give a little bit more credit to Luffy. I think he's definitely stood out to yes. me on, on this on a pick. Um, incredible value on stifling a lot of uh, the, their enemies engages huge sleep on McCree on uh, Volskaya basically mm-hmm. won them that that second to the last fight oh. McCree was going into alt Luffy through like as jumping through a sleep dart sleeps and ulting McCree changes yep. everything stitch yeah yeah was that yeah. I can't remember if that was uh, that might have been uh titans it might not have been san francisco possibly yeah yeah, yeah. it was Stitch, it was titans uh, thank you running on on Volska. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um i will i will say i think shock's approach made more sense to me just trying a lot of stuff it's also interesting and I don't want to misquote Gatamchun here. I, I, I hope I, I still uh, stay true to the translation, but it seemed like Krusty said that um, if it had worked on map one with Strike and Architect, mm. you wouldn't have substituted them, which is an interesting uh, part of the entire match, right? How, how different that could have gone. The fact that they tried so much different angles, how to uh, work against these. Um, I was. I thought the Titans were a little inflexible in what things they were trying to do. Once again, it's very hard to practice against a team that has a completely different style yes. and components that are simply the best in the world at what they do. And that is probably true for DM on Widow, and that is probably... De- oh. Definitely true for Ding. Definitely true for Ding. Yeah. Definitely. So... In that regard, it was hard uh, to practice for them. I think, honestly, that series could have also gone uh, the other way in the end, simply based on the experience that Shock has had now in these situations. Sure, sure. Um, in in general, yeah, I, I think I still think it's very exciting what came out of this roster. Uh, they 
Now, whether or not that is the absolute perfect meta interpretation. That was my next question. Or if it's just the best possible meta interpretation based or in comparison to their skill level, Mm -hmm. that remains to be seen. It's not impossible because this meta innovation came in so late. It's not impossible that teams would have, with more time, found out something that reliably beats it and then we're just playing that because the meta comp is the meta comp because it beats the other meta comp that became before it right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's also can this become meta do we do you need like stellar players on dps in order for that to make sense all these questions sadly we'll never find out with a two to two lock coming in yeah yeah do you think let's 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 think about that for a second do you think that if 222 wasn't happening do you think that the dragons just continue to be just a fairly dominant team within like the top three Mm, no have have you seen the the shanghai's uh stage four schedule no i don't have it up in front of me titans and soul dynasty in week one Defiant in week two, Shock in week three, Dynasty and Eternal in week four, Spark in week five, and that's at the end. That's pretty hard. It is is not an easy. It is very much. So if they make it to playoffs, or not playoffs, I guess necessarily, but if they would. Yeah, if they just finish the stage well. If they, you know, four and three, five and two, for me, they would have solidified themselves. Is that what I would say? Top five? I'd say even top three. That, That schedule's rough. It's not an easy playing soul twice. Titans, Vancouver, Titans Spark, and soul shock. at the same time. Spark, shock. I mean, you have eternal and defiant are your only two. Um, you know, eternal should be sleeper. Defiant for me, I'm still not ready to just turn the light off on yet. I have too much faith in Baroy. I think that's probably a mistake to begin with. So yeah, it's uh four and three isn't hard against Paris Soul and Defiant. I would argue uh, against Soul. I think it is difficult, especially in a two 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 meta. Yeah, I think Soul might look different. We'll see. If Soul has an opportunity to re rise, I would say it would be in two two two. Possible, possible. Got a lot of hidden gems there i think a lot of their new signings think illicit definitely uh if soul had time to adapt to that playstyle, i think that they have reasonable ways of, of uh creating that recipe or having the ingredients to, to make the shanghai's composition work for them so yeah flood as far is very good i probably would put him on widowmaker honestly and put illicit on far to, to kind of answer a question from chat it's there there's reason to believe that maybe munchkin could maybe come in and play widowmaker they they have they have some ingredients there that they definitely have room to play with um but definitely don't sleep on illicit illicit's pretty nasty not ding but you know quite good i haven't seen Vera often enough <laughs> to know what it's Flutisvera is very good flood is just is a good player guys you know, I just I'm, I'm I don't know what to expect anymore. It's been so long since we've seen Soul. Yeah, just seen Soul in general. They've got Fissure gone again, just in time for two two two, I guess. <laughs> so, way to think that one through. Maybe uh, I don't know. I, I it's really interesting uh, to see. So, 
I don't know. The, the, I think the big question that, Joe, you kind of asked here is, is this Shanghai team one that's coming to their own and should be considered a major player? Or is this just a perfect storm of Shanghai's meta? I think that that's a, a reasonable assessment. This is, you know, the Sombra meta still hadn't taken hold. They came in playing directly to their strengths, as, as kind of cliche as that might sound. There's reason to believe that they just kind of peaked at the right time. I, it, and we've seen teams to... do that before. Yeah. We that, have. That's usually how championship teams end up being. You know, winning winning tournaments is that they just have the right answers to the right questions on the day. So the question, they might not even be the best team. So my question then I'll ask you because I think we're all in agreement there is we we aren't totally. It, it would be I would think it would be rash to say one or the other for Shanghai at, yeah, this, at yeah. this point in time. I think they've moved up for sure. Oh, definitely. Not we can't just shoot them up though. Definitely, but you like said like top three and and, and I'm you know I'm like you know top five top six. What do we need to see from Shanghai in stage four to solidify them as a top five team in Overwatch League? Uh, that's a hard question because I think they, I think with that stage playoff performance, if if we are going to continue, it, it, hypothetically, follow me. Um, if we were going to continue, no two two two, no patch change. I think they are already top five. If we're accounting for the change things get very weird um i don't even i wouldn't be able to really tell you who might be top five because that all could change and it probably i don't think it will drastically but the top team now might be the third best team in stage four by the end of it um it's pretty difficult to say i i think if we were to continue the meta i think shanghai would easily be a top five team if not take NYXL spot at uh, or spark spot whoever you have them at third uh as you know third fourth best okay yiska thoughts you're quiet you feeling good mm. <laughs> either either five and two or six and one in that state five and two six and one to, to kind of confirm mm -hmm. uh, for for me at five and two i would give them top three Mm -hmm. Four and three with uh, one of their losses being uh, really close against one of, you know, either Vancouver or shock. I'd be willing to go. Eh. They for sure have to take one from Seoul. Mm. Um, and then they have to make uh shock or uh, Titans convincing. Even if it's a loss, it has to be a convincing loss uh, in order for me to put them there. So we'll have to see. Mm -hmm. But we're out of time. Have gone a little long. We went. We we give you a two hour show. It's it's the off season. You're not you're not battling. You don't have extra time to watch Overwatch this week, right? So you're just gonna be listening to podcasts. So you're welcome. We've got you covered. Fun show. I don't think Indeed. I'll ever talk this much again. It is a. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Didn't it was to, good though. Didn't get didn't get to ask enough questions. I think. Mm. Siren basketball. What is that shirt, Joe? It's from a. It's from an anime. Props to you if you know what it is. I'm not gonna tell you. Cool. Cool. Which anime is your shirt from, Yiska? You guys disgust me. <laughs> <laughs>
right. Uh, Just big, kidding. Uh, big thank you to everyone who hung out. We didn't really get time to go through any chat questions. There's no upcoming matches coming out, so I know normally you tune in for those as well. We didn't get to do it. But before we get out of here, we do want to thank our Patreon producers. And that's going to be Battle Crab, Maid, and Peter Y. Thank you so much for supporting the show. If you like the show, you want to support, head on over to patreon.com slash tactical crouch sub now in chat. And we'll thank you. And we'll also be doing our Patreon game night on Saturday, 4 p.m. Pacific time. I'm probably going to stream it at twitch.tv slash kick tripod, but we'll be doing some stuff with, um, we'll be doing some stuff with discord and stuff as well. So make sure you've got all those things downloaded. Uh, big thank you to everybody. You tuned in tonight. A lot of you guys this week, a lot of you guys made guest when, when he gets a webcam. Uh, so that's because <laughs> we're never doing a non webcam guest ever again. Uh, but besides that, uh, yeah, really fun show. I uh, really appreciate everybody hanging out. Uh, before we get out of here, though, I think we've got one new uh, patron. Do we not, Joe? We do. Somebody very near and dear to my heart. This is a fantastic name. Postodactyl. Just before the show. I just had some pasta myself. So thank you for adding your carbohydrates to the show. And we will burn them to create more awesome esports content. Can you make the sound a pasta doctor would make? Squaw. Is that good enough for you? <laughs> that was a softball, huh? So I was, yeah. I'm trying to get that. All right. We needed one for the show. Let's be honest. If yeah. nobody gets booed in the show, <laughs> we really know that's cool. Did it, did it really exist? Did it happen? What about you, Yiska? What do you think a pastodactyl sounds like? Oh, please don't make him screech. I just did it. I don't think it would make a sound. Because it doesn't exist because, because this is a logical universe. <laughs> exactly. Also, pasta doesn't make a sound. Yeah, because you don't make it because you're too lazy. You'd rather have fish sticks. It would be something, you know guys. It'd be, first of all, you both suck. It'd be something like, Noodle! Right? Maybe. Right. Some sort of a bomb. Noodle! That's the flying spaghetti monster. That needs to be Which like the, the deity. <laughs> that needs to be the sound clip for like the worst take of the week. That's just somebody like screeching. That's the that's the sound that they would make. That's, mo that's most of Yiska's analysis. Well, you know, you said it, not me. The ding. <laughs> there it is. Double D ding. Anyways. Whew. All right. We got to get out of here. Thank you, Pastodactyl, for being a patron. If you want to support the show, head over to patreon.com. Tactical Crouch. We've got a ton of great perks uh, to sign up for, and it really helps support us. We're less or just over $100 away from just removing all of our ads from YouTube, which is really kind of exciting. So I hate ads. Let's face it, guys. Ads you? suck. Ads suck. Sponsored by Audible. Uh, so <laughs> ads suck, and uh, we don't want to do them. So $250 a month on Patreon, we won't do them anymore. How's that? That's great. Uh, Five-star iTunes review, none. But if you want to support the show, you're like, John, I don't want to give you money. I don't blame you. Go and uh, leave a five-star iTunes review, and uh, we'll thank you on the next show as well. 
You can find the show on everywhere at Tactical Crouch, twitch.tv slash kicktripod, twitter.com slash tactical crouch, search for tactical crouch. It's all right there. You can find myself at kicktripod, twitch.tv slash kicktripod, twitter.com slash kicktripod, youtube.com slash kicktripod, everywhere. I'm consistent. It's great. Uh, Yiska, what's going on for you this week, man? Where can people find you? All that good stuff. Um, um, still new things, still curating. I guess that's, that is news. Um, I started curating the upcoming.com social feed for Overwatch. So all these, you know, tweets, Twitch clips and whatever, what you see on the front page of the Overwatch thing, I cur curate those. Um, trying to get some feature done, trying to get some other things done right after this. Probably going to release an article uh, on that. Other than that, just my Twitter. Jessica uh, out Sweet. on Twitter. Joe, what about you, man? Shout outs for the week. Where can people find you? All that good stuff. Um, shout out to whoever still follows my Twitter. I'm just not tweeting much anymore. Um, just why bother? You know, no, I just I love your stuff tweets. on there. I usually. retweet you so much, dude. <laughs> Go tweet. Thank you. Well, your, thank you. Your um, pin tweet is from May 17th. Yeah, because it's something I work really hard on, and you should all read it. Go read the Twilight piece if you need a, a refresher on his career. Agreed. Um, it actually was maybe great. another one of those coming in the future, so we'll see. Um, John kind of hinted at something uh, unintentionally. Uh, I just finished up an article talking about how uh, Stage 3 was uh, overall the stage of hope. And... Uh, kind of a, a great up-and-comer underdog story so yeah be on lookout for that and uh tying that up with a nice little bow and yeah other than that just just working just uh follow the socials and uh ask me questions if you got them awesome we're to be right back after the music to hang out with you guys for the post show so don't go anywhere but before we do thank you again everyone for hanging out follow us tweet us like us pay us money i'm just kidding don't pay us money unless you want to but then you can pay us money on patreon whatever uh but support the show be a part of the community uh discord.me slash yiska out is where you can find the discord where all the best conversations are happening right now in competitive overwatch and i'm not even joking there's so many smart people in there having conversations every day about competitive overwatch and yes if you're a patron or a subscriber to the twitch you've got access to the um crouchers channel but um, even that, still good without the Croucher channel. So make sure to go check that out. We're going to be back next week. I'm positive for another episode. We'll see you guys Saturday, hopefully, for the game night. Have an awesome one. We'll be back right after the music. <laughs>